0: And welcome to Branding Matters, a podcast I created and host to help you create brand equity. My guest today is Megan Golightly, the CEO and founder of Go Simplified, a professional organizing business that changes lives by changing environments. During our fun conversation, Megan and I cover everything from building a brand to building connections with celebrity clients. Other topics we cover include why it's so great to reinvent yourself, how fear can cripple us, why it's important to ask lots of questions, especially with your clients, the value of brand advocates, how to make your clients the hero in your story, and what it takes to rise above your competition. I had such a great conversation with Megan, and I hope you enjoy it and maybe learned a few things that are going to help you with your branding. Branding Matters is brought to you by Genumark one of North America's most trusted merch makers for over 40 years. Did you know branded merch is one of the best ways to create brand awareness? It's true. From promotional products, custom uniforms and clothing, to sports co-branding, web stores and warehousing, Genumark is your number one partner for creating brand awareness. And being ISO certified, you can rest assured, ethical sourcing and sustainability are front and center. If you're looking for help with your next project, email brandingmatters at genumark.com. That's brandingmatters at G-E-N-U-M-A-R-K dot com. And now, on with our show. Begin, welcome to Branding Matters. Hi. Nice to see you. My old friend. I know, you know, I was thinking about how we know each other. So just to give the audience a little bit of background. So I ran into you at the home show. When was that mm-hmm. September? Yeah, well, it was the fall. Yeah, I thought yep. so. And I mean, literally, I don't think I've seen you in 20, 30
1: years. But how I was trying to think how we initially connected. Do you know? I don't know. Just good women, right? Good women, no good women. Yeah, and...
0: because because I went up to you and I'm like, do you remember me? Like, do you know me? And you're like, yeah, I'm like, of course. And I'm like, yes. And of course we know each other. And I was trying to put my head together years ago. And I think there's mutual friends, but I'm
1: I'm talking yes. like 30 years ago. I'd so. say 20. Come on, don't age just that much. But 20, no. probably like after university days.
0: Well, I moved to Calgary in, because I'm not originally from here. I'm originally from Montreal. Where are you from originally? Calgary?
1: Edmonton. 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 Yeah. Then I went to university in Victoria.
0: Okay, because I moved here in 94. And I think I met you kind of when I moved here, like around yeah. that 94. So anyway, yeah, I love it, and I, yeah. I love how life is in full circle. And when I saw yes. you, I'm like, oh, I'd love you to be on my podcast. And then it all just came together. So yeah, this is great. So thank you for being here. Well, I really welcome. appreciate it. You look great. I have aged a second. <laughs> oh, come on. Neither of you.
1: I have a tan. So that
0: helps. Oh, you look awesome. So yeah. So let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. So you said you went to university in Victoria. So what did you study in
1: university? I took psychology. Yeah, I've always been interested in psychology and probably would have been more interested in neuroscience, but I didn't have the science marks at that point in my life and the drive. But um, I've done my own study since, but I do love, I love psychology and business and people. I find it fascinating how we think, why we think, why we do what we do.
0: You know what? Me too. I actually studied university. I studied psychology as well. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because a lot of people say to me, because I'm in sales and business and marketing, and people ask me, like, So did you study business and marketing university? I'm like, no, not really. But if you pick up any sales or marketing book, it's psych 101, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but I remember reading a bunch of sales books. I mean, the Dale Carnegie is probably the most famous one. And I mean, I remember Mm -hmm. reading it going like, yeah, this is psychology. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think it really helps understand people. If you're I'm like you, I'm very interested in people and what makes them tick and what motivates them and what inspires them. And I think that can help you in so many different areas, Mm -hmm. especially in business. Would you Mm -hmm. agree?
1: For sure. I would. And I'm always one who says, try not to worry too much. I've had so many different careers and I don't regret any of them. And it's been the journey and it got me to where I am today. And who knows? But I feel badly almost for people who are locked into one career like it's great to reinvent yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So after university, so tell me about a couple of your careers or tell me what you did before you're doing now.
1: Yeah, I took psychology, then I graduated, then I came back to Calgary, and I took more studies, and I took a recreation therapy. And I knew I loved psychology. So I went right into psychiatry and mental health. And so I worked in back then it was called psychiatry. But I worked in mental health in hospitals for five years as a rec therapist, and saw a lot of you know people who are anxious and depressed and a lot of mental illness and was kind of the coach of howing you know helping people get back into the groove of being social and getting out there and even going to a movie, you know, working through those stuck times. Then I took my securities and worked as a broker, worked in the financial oh my industry. God. Wow. I know. I <laughs> That's that for pretty a diverse. Years. I know. And then I worked with a friend starting up a business and I did the sales for the company. And then I worked for J&J, Johnson & Johnson for 10 years as a sales rep. So I've done quite a few things. And then I was involved with the community, doing building a park and having a lot of community parties and movie in the park and progressive dinners in my community of Elboya. And then I started organizing, doing organizing business. So a lot of business wrapped through there, but I, I think it's great to reinvent yourself and go for it. I started this, I mean, I've been organizing for 14 years, 10 years, for people, but the whole Instagram, that thing, I started that when I was 50. Like what, what, why would you not do what you want to do, right?
0: Yeah. Same with me. I mean, I started this podcast, I was 54. Nice, <laughs> so it's nice. been a while. Yeah, I, I'm all for that. I mean, I don't yep. think it's ever, you're ever too late or too old to try something new. No. So But I want to let's talk about the organizing. So, how did you go from all those amazing careers and, you know, high profile jobs and corporate world for the most part? How does one become, or how did you become, or decide to become a professional
1: organizer? I think there's a little piece of it all in there. Like, I've always been organized and I started off. Off doing it a little bit for friends. Like when people say, how did you start? Well, I, I kind of had to find out if I was good at it, really. I was good at it for myself, but could I do it for others? And you need to have personal skills too. You can't just be great at organizing. You need to be able to coach them. You need to be a compassionate. You can't be judgmental, right? There's a lot of things. You need to have a bit of sales. You need to think on your feet. Like it's you know, it's it's a long day when you're organizing with somebody physically, but mentally, it's challenging too. So I worked with friends and found out I could do it. I wasn't judging them; they were feeling good about it afterwards, and we were making changes. And I was motivating them to make some changes right in their homes. So that's kind of how it started. And then friends told friends, and then the phone started ringing, and then I was working just the amount that I needed to when I had young kids that were needing me too. So were you always organized? I mean, as a kid, was your room perfectly organized or what? My mom says I was a total disaster. Like I remember... (laughs) liking to organize things. Like I loved filling out forms. Like I loved kind of just organizing my thoughts and organizing papers and organizing my Barbies. I had the little metal Barbie drawer and I had one of those stencil. Remember where we had to push the thing and then the tape came out and you had to peel off the back and it sort of pushed through the tape. Like I forget what they're called, stencils or something, but I labeled my Barbie's drawers, but my room was a disaster. I, I think I became organized without being diagnosed with ADHD, but I need, I I have ADHD, but I needed to get control of my environment in order to be efficient and to thrive. And so, you know, I've talked to a psychiatrist about this when I was talking about ADHD and he's like, wow, you had the ability to be organized when your brain wasn't organized, but I had the ability to organize my environment to control my brain and to try to calm my brain. So that's, why I did it out of survival. And then when I had kids, I really had to do it for all of us.
0: You know what? It's funny that you say that because I'm pretty neat. I've always been organized. I mean, same thing with you. When I was a kid, my room was a bit of a mess because I used to, my mom said I would change 20 times a day. (laughs) I'd come down the stairs with like different outfits. But soon after that, I mean, I was always, my work environment is always neat. My desk, you know, I'm even like to the point where my emails are organized. Like I can't have any red dots on my phone. Like I'm talking, Mm -hmm. everything is super organized. But here's the thing. I grew up in a pretty disorganized life. My family life, I mean, not to get into too much, but it was a lot of chaos. My Mm -hmm. environment was chaotic. You know, my mom, I love her to death, but she was a slob. And the Mm -hmm. house was a mess. And it created that sense of anxiety. So for me, being organized and having everything in its place is a sense that gives me a sense of calm. Mm -hmm. So there's a real connection to that, I think. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think that organizing or lack of organizing comes from fear. Like a lot of things come what I see out of fear, guilt, and shame. And most things are rooted back to fear, guilt, and shame. But for a lot of the females, we've helped some males, but mostly they're females, it's either they either have too many things out of fear or they organize to make sure they avoid the fear of failing. And that's okay. But a lot of the reasons why we hang on to things are out of fear. And and those are things that are patterned that we've heard our parents do them. You know, we have our mannerisms of our parents and we hang on to things out of fear, really, or trying to be a perfectionist. And it's easier to hang on to something than to make a decision in case it's wrong, right? Like I see a lot of people say, I don't want to get it wrong. So it's easier to hang on to something. I see people hang on to things because they are fearful of like, what if I need this? What if we run out? What if that's fear, like total fear, right? Really, if you looked at that, you go to your neighbors and borrow one, or you call a family member, or you zip out to the store if you really had to. But it's fear of letting yourself down or fear of letting your family down if you don't have everything at your fingertips. Fear cripples us, right? And and I could go on with the reasons why we hang on to things, but ultimately we've been taught that and we're programmed that because we're hunters and gatherers and we've heard our parents say that, but those aren't the right, those will keep us stuck in that story forever. Yeah, that's interesting. So
0: I mean, so you you organize and a big part of organizing is purging as well. I mean, Oh, because, huge part. Huge part right. of it. Because I yeah. was going to talk about, you know, obviously hoarders and people who hold on to everything. I'm one of those people, every spring and every fall, I go through my closet and if I haven't worn it the season before, I give it yeah. to a women's shelter. You uh, know, I, yeah. I hate clutter and I... <laughs> that's your dogs. <laughs> yeah, and <sorry>. so, <clears throat> no, that's okay. It's funny going full circle because... Your psychology degree that you studied in university, it sounds like it's so relevant to what you're doing now because it's very connected, right? You're talking about emotional responses people have towards their things and some people have that fear and they don't want to let it go. So who would have thought that oh. you'd be in psychology and now you're doing and you're using all that?
1: 100%. That's why I love the Instagram is this. it can hammer home the, the message every day through stories and reels yeah. of organizing and decluttering are two different things, but you have to declutter first and the whole reason why why you hang on to things and different questions to look at, to be able to let go. And also to give yourself some grace that you may not have learned this and and teach your children then teach your children. It's a learning opportunity to let go. So what clutter to me is, is anything that hasn't earned the right to be in your life, or if it has earned the right, it just hasn't found a home that it should live in. And so it becomes clutter, you know, the neuroscience in it is your brain's always trying to solve that of like, where's it going to go? How long is it going to take to put it away? And what's it going to look like when it's done? And that's what keeps you up at night, whether you know it or not, that's running in the background. So there's costs, there's major costs to clutter. Amazing. And there's studies that show that clutter causes your cortisol to go up.
0: Well, I say for me, I say mess equals stress, because when yes, I walk into true. a place and there's mess everywhere, I instantly feel stress. And you Anxious. know, sometimes when, it, when everything is clean, and I walk in and it's like my happy place. Okay, so let's go back, you and talked about your Instagram, I want to talk a little bit more hmm. about that. So when did you start your Instagram account?
1: I started it about this time, really, two years ago.
0: And I mean, you have today 153,000 Instagram followers, 153,000 Instagram followers in two years. How did you do that? Tell me about your Instagram and what you did to get such a following and pretty fast. I
1: mean, in two years, can you share a bit about that? Sure. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to reach more people, right? My clients are great and I love them. And, but I just felt like this message is really valuable. I want to get it out to more people. And it's not just about organizing. It's everything we just talked about. That's what I'm passionate about is making that perspective shift change so that people can see it in a different way and not beat themselves up anymore. So I thought, okay, I want to reach more people. And I'm going to do it through Instagram. I'm I'm not a huge lover of Instagram and social media. I think they're great for certain things. I didn't want people to get stuck on them, but I thought, okay, I'm going to try to attract people that can really use this to change. I, I just want to make a difference and, and Instagram will give me that platform. So I started it up and, you know, kind of got control of it and then understood how it worked. And then I decided to try to organize for some people who had higher Instagram accounts than me to get the message out. And every time I did that, I got more followers. And, you know, I worked with Go Clean with Sarah from Go Clean Co. And then I always had Jillian Harris and Jan Arden's name written down on a piece of paper that I wanted to work for them. And so I chased after that and got a lot of no's before I got, you know, I think I got told no eight times before I got in to some of these women. And then, you know, did the birds papaya in Toronto and cat and nat in Toronto. And we're going to do Chelsea Handler's house in June. And I just think it's a great way to work with somebody and then also get the word out.
0: Okay, there's a lot there. I I'm I was like chomping at the bit, but I I just took notes while you were talking. So, I'm going to sort of dissect
1: this a little bit.
0: First of all, before you did your Instagram account, were you on Instagram at
1: all? Yeah, I was. You know, I was for sure, and I think it's a great platform to share tips and tricks and educational things. Right. And, and so I knew that I could get the message out on it. Right. Okay. So you were on it before you started your business. Yeah, Is but not like, I didn't even know how to make a reel. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. how to do anything, which was intimidating. Um, Right. Well, that's what I was going to
0: ask you if you were intimidated. And then how did you learn how to do, how did you learn the proper way to, you know, I call it attraction marketing. How did you learn how to do that? And the reason I'm asking you this, Megan, is because most of my listeners are entrepreneurs and small business owners. And, you know, one of the struggles is social media and people are always like, I don't know what to post. I don't know how to grow my account. So what advice would you give someone listening right now?
1: (laughs) So I asked a lot of questions every time I was with anybody who knew more than I did. I asked them questions because I was not an expert and I did not know, but I wasn't going to be intimidated because it can be done. So I would ask anybody that I was working with, like Sarah or Jillian or anybody, because they were ahead of me and they'd learned, you know, they're further ahead in the journey. And I kept hearing that if you are true to you and you're getting a message out that's important people will listen. I hate to use the word follow. You know, I hate followers or whatever. I just think of their people who are interested in what you're doing. And that's what I wanted to do. So I didn't, you know, I'm not the person who's going to do reels and dance and do the tricks and jumps for followers. I'm not going to. But if I keep showing authenticity of what I do every day in people's houses, which is you can't get more real than what we do in people's houses. And I only wanted my Instagram to be about Organizing, decluttering in the mental health side of it, right? Like I didn't want it to be just about organizing because I'd be doing people a disservice, because it's not about perfection, it's about progress. So back to that question is I asked a lot of questions. I took a ton of notes. I recorded a lot of conversations and re-listened them because I only took in the second time I listened to conversations. I'm like, that's not what I heard at all. I heard what I thought I wanted to hear. And then I listened again and I was like, there's some good info there. I kind of always thought I was right. And as smart as they were. But then when I listened back, I was like, fool, you should have not talked, you should have just listened. Um, But I took every little piece of everything that anybody told me and then did it and reached out for help and wasn't always successful every time. You know, the person who started helping me, everybody had great intentions and everybody helped, but I needed to find the right person and people to build a team with as far as social media right
0: that's great advice and I love what you said because I've been guilty of that too where I've I've had to learn especially being on this podcast is to talk less and listen more and I've learned so much just by doing that so I mm-hmm. completely agree with you okay so mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about branding because branding is the actions that we take that inspire people the people that we serve to fall in love with our brand to connect with us and choose us first so when someone needs a professional organizer they don't say I need a professional organizer they say I need make and go lately right mm-hmm. they Choose you first in your category. And that's through your the way you've connected. So how were you able to do that? I mean, you mentioned some pretty famous people, Jan Arden, Jillian Harris, Chelsea Handler. So how did you make those connections?
1: One through each of them, right? Like I started with my network of, you know, I started with GoClean Co. and she needed us. Like we saw her struggling with her move. And I kept getting these DMs from friends or text saying, go on to GoClean Co.'s page. She's she's moving and this is what we do. Like, so I kept saying to Sarah, reaching out to her email, to anybody that I knew that knew her, tell her she needs us and DM her and just hit her from every side of, cause I knew that we would be able to help her. It wasn't a stretch. It was like, we can make this easier for you. And she said no twice. And then finally I kept on her. I kept on her. I kept on her. And I said, no, like, you don't understand. You need us. Like we can make all this stress go away in a second. And she did. And it did. And she was happy. And then that night, actually, I was lying in bed and I saw Jillian Harris open her junk drawer and it was a disaster. So I DM'd her. And then I said to Sarah the next day, do you know Jillian? And, you know, just kept at it until Jillian said yes. And then we proved ourselves with Jillian and went back the next year. And then when I was with Jillian, I'm like, who do you know that would use us? And and then again, when I was with Jillian, Sarah Landry posted, How come everybody's getting organizational help except for me? So I DM her <laughs> right there, she's like, You're hired. So. Persistence for sure, trusting that you're good at what you do. You know, and if you don't, then change careers or change something else. But authenticity, right? Just enthusiasm, persistence, just grinding until you get to the next phase and then building off that. But it takes a lot of work. Like I had nearly a nervous breakdown over not balancing. And now I have better balance and better help. But it's a lot of work. Don't kid yourself. It's not going to be easy and it's not going to come out with a lot of work. But I knew who we were, I knew who I was, and I built a team around that who felt that they could support the team and they were excited about that. The brand, I mean, it's great that my last name is Go Lightly, and my website has always been Go Simplified. It's been that for 14 years. And I had to get some help though on brand colors and those things I didn't know about and learn pretty quickly that it is important to have that clear, crisp communication of who you are and what you do and what you offer people.
0: What you just said is such an important mindset because you're not, and I say this all the time, you're not reaching out to people because you're bugging them. You're reaching out to people because you see a problem that they have and you know that you can solve that problem, that you can make their life easier. And when you have such conviction for that and you're like, I can help them, right? I'm the same way. It's like, I can make your life easier. I can make your life better. And here's Mm -hmm. how. And so I I love that you said that because it's not about going after someone and just bugging them and trying to, you know, nobody can be sold to anymore, right? Like that's an old, fashion way of thinking. I say that all the time.
1: Well, just be honest, (laughs) right? And just say what you want and they'll tell you yes or no. Even Sarah Landry, you know, I'm going to Toronto to speak at a home show, then Sarah and I text all the time, but I said to her, I'd love to loop in and work for you for a day. And she's like, it's not going to work. And so I said, is it not going to work or do you not want us to come back? And she's like, oh my gosh, I totally want you to come back. But I sent her the little worm and I said, I don't want to bug you. And I actually said that just to find out, like, I don't want to waste her time or mine. And she's like, no, 100%, we want you to come back. Because you need to respect if somebody who they are and if they're the right person, they will help you. I had a couple of friends I spoke to two nights ago who've been trying to get a hold of me for a while because they're trying to build their business. And I just didn't have time. And finally I had time and talked to both of them and they asked me a ton of questions. But I wouldn't have learned if I hadn't have had Jillian or whoever help me. So you kind of you just want to help. And all the people that I've worked with are good women who want to help back. And They might not have time for you all the time, but they will if your head is in the right place and your heart's in the right place. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: I I agree. I feel like you're a connector in that respect because I'm like that, right? You want to connect people and bring people together. You know, it's interesting. So you talk about Jillian Harris and how she's brought you back. And I've talked a lot about brand advocates and how important they are. And so when you... Mm -hmm. When you have a new client, when you start a business and you start doing work with someone, they just fall in love with you, they fall in love with your brand, they fall in love with your service, well, then now she has become yeah. your biggest brand advocate. And I've actually seen on Instagram where she gives you shout outs all the time, right? And she always yeah. says, thank you. I mean, you can't pay for that kind of advertising, right? No. That is just invaluable.
1: Yeah, it's true. And I had faith in our team. Like It wasn't going to be easy. I The first time we went to her, I got home from Croatia at midnight and we left at seven o'clock in the morning and the car broke down and we had to borrow a car. And then took 16 hours to get there. And I was jet lagged and, you know, we didn't know what to expect. And my team is amazing. Like we don't, we won't fail. Like we, we know what we're doing, you know, we're good. And so with that knowledge, like, well, how can we fail? Not cocky, but when you, when you know, you can do what you can do. And so that passion, you need to have it. And if you don't, then you need to ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing, I think. But my team is like, those girls are amazing. And another book I read very early on, and I'm so grateful I read it because I took notes and I wrote a lot when I had time, which was like four years ago, was Storybrand. It was an amazing book. And it really helped me to think about who my clients are and what their problems are and how I can help and how I'm not the hero. I want to make them the hero. It's a great book. I recommend that, but yeah. also not to get caught in the weeds and to be a wantrepreneur instead of an entrepreneur. I mean, you can paralyze yourself with too much stuff and spending too long on your business plan. Like I, I didn't, I didn't really have a business plan and I don't know if that's great, but a lot of people I worked with, I remember Kat, and Nat and Kat is a genius as far as I'm concerned. And she kept saying, well, I know you want followers, but what else do you want? Like everything should have a conversion factor of why you're doing it, a purpose. Mm -hmm. You can't just sort of wing it. You learn that, right? Yeah.
0: You need to be intentional.
1: Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Back to your Instagram, because I follow you, a lot of your Instagram posts, and this goes back to what you said originally, is, you know, when you're on there, you're giving so many amazing tips to people. And, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with different leaders and the biggest challenge people have that I hear a lot is... I don't know what to post I don't know what to post I don't know what to post and people just end up vomiting all over social media and just posting stuff versus adding value right well and adding value and so ask yourself I say to myself ask myself so what like who cares if I post about whatever so you know yeah right versus okay you know you've done things like okay now we're going to talk about how you can do your linen and here's a little tip I love the tips because you're giving away all this free advice which is helping people so you're adding value but you're also also creating the connection with them because they're going to follow you, but they're going to also look to you for expertise. And then eventually if they need your services, they're either going to hire you or they're going to recommend you th- to someone else to hire. Yeah,
1: but I encourage people to do it themselves too. That's my yeah. sort of what's coming out of my gut. Every time I say anything is, you know, you can do this yourself too. You don't need to hire us. It's fine if you do, but yeah. I want to empower them to do it themselves. If I put anything up there that was just for the sake of putting it up there, I'd be embarrassed. I think about that a lot. I'm super critical and I'm hard on myself, which is a problem, but Me too. I, don't, <laughs> I hope, like I hope that I don't put things up there that people would think like, well, what, what is this? You know, there has to be integrity in everything and it is challenging. Sometimes there's yep. these writer's blocks because you're so used to doing it. It's hard to get out of what's easy for you and think about what it would be like for somebody if it was hard. Yeah, and I'm not... I love those people who are singing and dancing and doing fun things. I think that's great. Like sometimes I'm too serious, but that's who I am. So I'm not going to try to be that because it wouldn't look good, you know, well, it wouldn't look natural.
0: Yeah, it goes back to what you said earlier about being authentic, right? I'm the same way. I mean, I that's not who I am. I mean, I I do my own things. I'm just myself. I just had a conversation with someone recently and they asked me if I was the same as I am on social. I'm like, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. And people who yeah. know me say, "Yeah, you're the same yeah. as you are on your podcast." You know, yeah. like I think it's you just be yourself. Exactly. And that's what makes you unique. So with that said, I'm assuming you, there's lots of competition out there. There's lots of people that do what you do. right there. I mean, anything that's popular and good, there's lots of them out there. And that's, again, where branding is so important because you have to be able to stand out from your competition and what's going to make you rise above the rest and people are going to notice you. With that said, I mean, how would you describe your brand and what makes you different? What would you say is that your special sauce that makes you different than anybody else that does what you do?
1: Well, I remember specifically when I started Instagram, is I was thinking, I want to take my background of psychology, it's not a, you know, I don't have a master's, and I don't, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not a psychologist, but I want to offer people more, because to me, it's not about organizing. It's about getting stuck in not being able to organize, if that makes sense. So, I wanted to be different that way, that I wanted to tie in psychology and neuroscience of the brain and why we get stuck and why we don't want to organize our own space and how to forge these new neural pathways and how we learn and how the brain works with organizing, but not overwhelm. So, I was very intentional in the beginning just not to make it about organizing because you could go onto Pinterest and you could see all that. And I think I'd be doing you a disservice if I just put up pretty pictures because life isn't pretty and perfect. And I think it's great if your closet is perfect and organized, but I don't even have that. So I wanted to make my brand real, authentic, and relatable because... The same problems that I have, everybody else has. And it doesn't matter if you're Jillian Harris, they have the same problems too. Chelsea, all of them, right? And most people have a home and most people struggle with clutter. So it makes sense to talk about why and what the goal is. You know, the goal isn't perfection. Right. So what's next for you? Um, What's your next? I'm really working hard on the guides and the courses. My goal is to have one for each room and to have video courses too, because I'm a visual learner. And so I want to be able to offer that to people. Because ultimately, I want them to be able to solve this themselves and make them reasonably priced so that it's not a huge investment, but it's a lot less than having us in for a day. There's a lot of people who want to start organizing businesses. So I'm going to do a course on what I think what I've learned. And I think I have a lot of valuable information about if you want to just start a business and organize, or if you want to start a business and organize and also do social media at the same time, because I think they're two different games. I had a great business for 10 years, just organizing. Didn't need to do this, but I wanted Mm -hmm. to. So I want to keep going with those courses and guides. I have so many plans of what I want to do. I want to keep reaching out to higher profile people because it's fun. You know, like it's fun for my team to go do Chelsea's. How did that see. come about? Chelsea Handler? I knew her show manager. I knew a couple of them. And also Chelsea had stayed in a house that I'd organized in Calgary. Oh, and you're she kidding. Came And Yeah. And so her friend whose house she was at, she's like, wow, this house is really organized. And so again, just it took a while. Like she wasn't on my radar right away. Others were, um, but things lead to other things and you need to be able to switch gears and change. And it's hard to let go of what I thought this was the greatest idea, but I need to let go of it because I need to have a plan. That's what I was talking about. My friend yesterday, who's starting her business and she's great with social media, but I said, it's not all about the followers. And I remember hearing that so many times and I was fighting. I'm like, yes, it is. It is about the followers. And they're like, no, no, it isn't. And now I realize it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, it's so
0: true. I think what I'm most in awe or inspired by, I mean, a lot of things you said, but is that you go after people that maybe necessarily you would never think they would say yes, but you're like, screw it. I'm going to go after them because I can help them. Mm-hmm. And when I started my podcast, I wrote a I wrote a dream list myself of like people yeah, I okay. wanted on, you know, some top people and same thing. I just reached out to them because I was like, what are they going to say? And I would say most of the people that were on my dream list have been guests on my show. So Thanks. I think it's such a good, I think it's such good advice for people listening, because if there's somebody that you want to do either do business with or connect with, you can make it happen because we're all people at the end of the day, right? We all Mm -hmm. bleed the same color blood. And, you know, don't be intimidated by people. Just reach out and offer what you can do to help them and see what happens. And, you know, And And you're not going to get all yeses. And I was going to say, say, sometimes you'll get no a million times before you get a yes. Or
1: nothing. I probably spent, you know, I probably sent out 4,000 DMs when I was trying to get somebody with higher profiles. And Caitlin Bristol, we've been going back and forth for a long time and just not the right time right now. But it'll happen. And then some things you gotta let go of too. Yeah. But I sent a lot of DMs out at the beginning in different ways though, to partners, to brands, yep. to people who are in the industry. And a lot of them I look back and there's no answer. And I've sent five DMs. Hey, it's me again, whatever. Yep. So don't be afraid. And if your heart's in the right place, it'll all happen.
0: Yeah. Well, Mae, it's been so great talking to you. I have one last question before sure. I'm gonna let you go here. This is a new question that I started asking my guests this year. So what is your Badass superpower. And don't say organizing because we already know that.
1: (laughs) Oh my, that's a tricky one. Um, What is my badass superpower? Honestly, I would just think persistence. Like if that's okay, in the sense that I've been knocked down a lot of times and I just sort of get back up. Like I have this I think confidence and self-esteem are two different things for sure for women. And I think that, you know, sometimes you can have confidence with lower self-esteem, but I I just have this confidence in who I am and what I do and who my team is. And it doesn't matter how many times I get knocked down. I'll just get back up. And you know so what? That's
0: why you're a badass
1: because well, I,
0: no, <laughs> but I'm not kidding. The reason I say that is because I've talked to people a lot about that and my definition. I mean, I guess everybody has a different one, but that What's is yours.
1: About- What's yours? Well, that's
0: what, I'm, well, well, I'll, but let me tell you Come about on. the ba- the badass thing because You know, people go like branding badass. What's that? And what's a badass? And everybody has a different, different definition. But I say is somebody who, you know, gets knocked down 10 times, but gets up 11 and perseveres Mm -hmm. and is a self starter and doesn't depend on anybody and doesn't feel entitled to anything, but just makes it happen for themselves. So that's Mm -hmm. why you're on here because A, I think you're a badass. B, Uh you're doing such a phenomenal job. I love watching you. And yeah. So the fact that you said persistence, I think is. Bang on. 100%. So, what's yours? What's my badass superpower? Me. Oh, yeah. I would kidding. say you now you're premium. No one's ever Sorry. asked me that. Okay. okay, what's your you. what's your battle? I would you say, you know what? In all honesty, I think nobody's my, ever asked you that. What the I know heck? is that funny. Well, because it's a question I just started, but I now that I'm thinking out loud, I think my badass superpower is I. I think I'm a really good judge of character. Actually, I know oh, nice. I'm a really good judge of character. Nice. I I can read people. I sort of when I meet people, I sort of take my time to figure them out. But nine times out of ten, I've called people like not called them out to their face, but usually yeah. what I know about them instinctively. Eventually it's comes out.
1: Do you know what I'm interesting. saying? That's yeah. good. That's good. Because I'm the I'm opposite. Like really... I give people like it takes me a year and some of my friends are like, I could have told you that. And I'm like, I give no. people so many chances.
0: Yeah. And they I let me down. It.
1: And then finally when I'm done, I'm done. But yeah. you figure it out quickly.
0: Well, I just have this I my spidey senses. I had a conversation actually with a really good girlfriend of mine yesterday, funnily enough. That's why it made me think of this. And we were talking about a Someone that we both know, and we were talking, I said, you know, I just want to say, I've always had these spidey senses about this person, and I'm just not sure. And then she ended up telling me a story that just confirmed exactly, exactly. what yeah. I thought. And I'm like, exactly. you know what, there you go, my spidey senses are right. So yeah, I think, I think I'm think i a good judge of character for people. Nice. So, people want to learn more about you. Where can they find you? Obviously, Instagram. What's your
1: handle? So, it's Go Simplified because my okay. business is simplified, but my last name is Go Lightly. So, it's just always been incorporated as that. So, Go Simplified, same with Pinterest. where else are you? Go Simplified interest. Pinterest. TikTok is Go underscore simplified, but my website, you can find everything there and it's go simplified.com.
0: Well, thank you again. Well, it's been you. great to see you. And I look forward to seeing you in person again soon.
1: Yes, Somewhere, sure we hopefully. will. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think you offer amazing things and a lot can be learned from you. So it's, it's so nice to be here.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll chat again soon. Okay. Okay. Take care. Right. And there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and maybe learned a few things to help you with your branding. This show is a work in progress, so please remember to rate and review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like help creating brand awareness for your business, please reach out to me on any of the social platforms under, you guessed it, Branding Badass. I promise you, I reply to all my messages. Branding Matters was produced, edited, and hosted by Jolie Goodson, also me. So thank you again, and until next time, here's to all you badasses out there. Thank you